Vision of this in the Bible. Please enjoy it. Amen. Rudo 
dieser Zeit Father, this morning there were no better place to go to, but just to come to your house, Heavenly Father. This is where we get the joy, Heavenly Father. This is where our problems get solved, Heavenly Father. This is where our burdens, Heavenly Father, are made lighter, Heavenly Father. This is where our healing, Heavenly Father, take place, Heavenly Father. We are looking unto you this morning, Heavenly Father. That's why we say this morning, Heavenly Father, your children, Heavenly Father, sons and daughters, Heavenly Father, under the message of the, our Heavenly Father, the Heavenly Father, take out the offering, Heavenly Father, and their tithe. May you please bless them, Heavenly Father, even those that couldn't manage to take out Heavenly Father. You are the one that knows the heart, Heavenly Father. Bless Heavenly Father, your gospel, Heavenly Father, so that it can continue, Heavenly Father, to Heavenly Father, uh, uplift us, Heavenly Father, so that those that do not know you can know you better, Heavenly Father. We thank Heavenly Father in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, amen. Uh, you may take your seat. I'd like to welcome you all to Lighthouse Tabernacle. Amen. Uh, I have a few apologies. I, I think if we, as we can see, our pastor and our deacon, uh, uh, Brother Mpanyani and Brother Mrs. they are not with us this morning. Uh, they've gone to Swaziland on the invite from Pastor Nampalana. So they went there yesterday, and even this morning, I think they are preaching there as well. So... May our thousand prayers are with, with, with them wherever they are. Amen. Amen. And then uh, this morning, we don't have any prayer requests, but after such singing, I don't think anybody needs a prayer. If you are sick, just by the way we sang, I think you'll be healed. Amen. And then uh, this morning, we, we, we don't have so many announcements, and I think even time is not on our side. But we have our precious brother, Brother Alan Lassima, to preach for, for us this morning. And then uh, I think God is going to work wonderfully with him. And even the atmosphere that has been created this morning, I think it's just going to come and just give us the word. Amen. And I think all of us are going to be blessed this morning. And uh, without further ado, I, I just want us to, to just rise up. Just give us a nice worshiping song. There is this worshiping song that I like so much. It says, uh, Jehovah is your name. Mighty warrior. Great in battle. Uh, I think many of us are witness to that, that he has fought for us many, many battles. And then he has never been defeated. Even this, this, this day, he's still a champion. And even you this morning, if there's still any battle that you're going through him, as long as you are with him, you're going to go through him. And you're going to be emerge victorious. I think if you read in the, 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 the book of Revelation, it says, for each and every person, uh, after they've gone to battle, each and every church age, they were giving crowns. Because they were after, after going through victory, they were given crowns. And I think even you, if you're going through a battle, the only thing you should wait for is not disappointment, just a crown. Because through God, through him, you're going to be victorious. As we're going to sit down and our precious brother, Brother Tobias, will just lead that worshiping song for us. As we're going to usher our precious brother to the pulpit. Amen. Oh. 
to greet you all this morning in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We are happy to be in church this Sunday. Amen. And I believe we are praying for the pastor and the believers that went to Swaziland. Amen. That the Lord may bless them and give them a glorious time there with other believers. Amen. Without wasting time, let us open our Bibles to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. Chapter 7, verse 44 to verse 50. Amen. While they are still busy, I think you can open in your Bibles to Acts chapter 7, verse 44 to verse 50. Like David said, I was happy when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. I believe we were also happy this morning to come and save him in his house. Amen. Amen. We shall pray. Let's close our eyes for a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we honor you. We bless your name. Father, we thank you, for we know we are not able to do anything, O oh Lord. We ask you, therefore, Father, to come, Lord, and indwell us, Father, that we may be able to save you even this day. We are also remembering our dear Pastor Madiba, Lord, and the saints that he is with, O oh Father, in Swaziland. Father, we just pray for him that, Lord, you may visit him. Lord, use him, O oh Father, as you normally use him here, Father, that those saints, O oh Father, those believers there, O oh God, we will also have a blessed time, Father. May you use him, Father, for your own glory. We are asking, Father God, even here, Lord, the song service has gone forth, O oh Lord. The saints are now ready, Father, to hear from you, O oh Father. Amen. I'm unable, O oh Lord. There's nothing that I can give unto them, O oh Father. They did not come here to see a man or hear from a man. Father, I therefore pray that you may circumcise my lips, O oh Father. Forgive my sins, my iniquities, O oh Lord, that I may be able to be used of you tonight for the furtherance of your kingdom, O oh Father, and for your glory and honor. I commit this service in your mighty hands in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. As we are still standing, Acts chapter 7, verse 44. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses, that ye should make it according to the fashion that ye had seen. Which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David, who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him in a house. How be it the most high dwelleth not in temples made with hands, 
as said the prophet, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What house will ye build me, said the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hand made all these things? Amen. Okay, you can read this English. Oh, it's English, okay. We can take our seats in Nathalapansi. Okay. While you are seated, let's quickly rush to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. Hebrews 10, verse 5. I think you are also following in your Bible, suppose he's saving an English Bible. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. If you have found it, it says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. Amen. 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 So to, this morning, I'm, uh, the Lord willing, I would like to speak on God's tabernacle. Amen. I want to speak on, the, on God's tabernacle. Amen. And before I read, I, I go further, I, I want to start with a small quotation. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm going to take it from the uh, Shalom, the message preached. By the prophet Shalom. Uh, it's page two, paragraph nine. Page two, paragraph nine. Uh, God is in man. And he is identifying himself today in his church. Remember, we are going to speak on the tabernacle, on God's tabernacle. And here the prophet is telling us that God is in man. And he is identifying himself today in his church. In the born again Christian, God identifies himself that he remains God. And the outside world will only know God as they see God in you and I. That is the only way that they will know God. Is when we are written epistles. Epistle of the scripture we are read of all men and the life that we live reflects what is on the inside of us a man is identified by the works that he does so our works should be good see always good see always good because we are representing our Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. Amen. Amen. So that is a, a, just a foundation of what we are going to speak on. This is the prophet. He's telling us that God wants to dwell in man. And where we read, uh, the Bible tells us that during the days of Moses, our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness. So it means God always wanted a tabernacle. He wanted somewhere where he can operate from. And during the days of Moses, they had the Ark of the Covenant and they built a shelter for it. But they always kept shifting this 
um, uh, the, 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 the tabernacle that they built for the Ark God, of the Covenant. God, God. This tabernacle during the days of Moses was a shelter for the Ark of the Covenant. And Moses built it according to the way God showed it to him. Moses had to be careful in building the tabernacle according to God's plan and prescription. Otherwise, it would be an abomination if done in any other way other than God's provided way. So God wants his church to be built in his own provided way. He doesn't need help from a man. Because he said it, he doesn't dwell in, 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 in houses or temples made by Men's hands. And we know that David was a man after God's own heart. He, he was loved of the Father. And he was lifted up from following after the sheep to the palace as King David. Such a man who was so trusted and loved of God, even God didn't allow him to build him a tabernacle. He was living in a good house, a house built of cedar. He desired to build God a house, but God refused him. One day he sought to build a tabernacle for the God of Jacob, but God refused him. It was bothering him as a king to see himself dwelling in a very good mansion. And yet the ark of the Lord dwelt in tents. And as time went on, we see that the same idea which was in David the king also came in his son Solomon. He also desired to build God a tabernacle. Solomon built a very beautiful temple Okay, before we read this, let's go to, I mean, Second Chronicles chapter 2, while well, you are still seated. Just open Second Chronicles chapter 2, and we see that what happened to, 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 to Solomon. Just been praying for me, amen. It's not easy to stand in the in place of the pastor. <coughs> we always want to sit there and listen from the pastor. Amen. So we know that by him, God would say, he said, your pastor shall see you through. Amen. So I want to desire to have been seated there and listening to the pastor preaching. Amen. And Solomon, uh, Chronicles chapter, Second Chronicles chapter 2, verse 1. And Solomon determined to be built a house for the name of the Lord and a house for his kingdom. You see, that is Solomon now. He's also determined, he's also willing to build the, a, a house but for the name of the Lord. Because he had a revelation, he knew what his father was told. And in a house for his kingdom. And Solomon told told out three scores. Let's skip chapter verse 2 and let's go to verse 3. And Solomon sent to Uram, the king of Tyre, saying, As thou didst deal with David my father and didst, and didst send him cedars to build him a house to dwell therein, even so deal with me. Behold, I built a house to the name of the Lord my God to dedicate it to him. He was building the house 
for the name of the Lord. And he made it clear to dedicate it to him and to burn before him sweet incense and for the continual shewbread and for the burnt offerings morning and evening on the Sabbath and on the new moons and on the solemn feast of the Lord our God. This is an ordinance forever to Israel. And the house which I built is great, for great is our God above all gods. But who is able to build him a house, seeing the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him? Who am I then? That is what I like about this man. He fulfilled his father's desire, amen, in building this temple. But he knew clearly what he was doing. Amen. For he knew that the mighty one, the God of God, does not dwell in houses made by hands of men. And he said, but, but who is able to build him in a house? Seeing the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him. Who am I then that I should build him in a house save only to burn sacrifice before him? So the house that he built was only for the purpose of burning sacrifice, amen, and incense, amen. Amen. So Solomon built a very beautiful temple, a house for the Lord. But how be it the most high God dwelleth not in temples made with hands? He said, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. So, so he asked what house will you build me? Or what is the place of my rest? That is from Acts chapter 7 where we read. Amen. In the book of Hebrews where we read, he said, sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not. But a body as thou prepared me. This was now a turnover. Because something had happened to the temple, to the house that Solomon built. It was a house for sacrifice and offerings. So it means God was no longer interested in the temple's daily sacrifices. And offerings. He refused the prayers offered in the temple because the glory of the Lord had departed. It was now written Ichabod. It was written Ichabod. Ichabod. Ichabod means the glory of the Lord has departed. You see, God it doesn't dwell in houses made by men. And he made it clear to whoever desired to build him a house that whatever they were going to do was their own doing. But he wasn't going to dwell in a house made by men's hands. For whoever desired a house builds one for himself. If you want a house, you have to labor to build a house for yourself. We have examples of animals. Animals or, or birds. They build houses. They build nests. And if you see a dove building a nest, it means that dove wants to dwell in that nest. It will never build a nest for a crow. A dove will build a nest for itself. And it will be its home. 
It is going to lay its eggs there. It will hatch its chicks there. Because it's, it's, it is its home. When it flies out during the morning or during the day, maybe it's going out to a field to look for some corns. When evening falls, no matter this dove had flown 200 meters or 200 kilometers away it will make sure when evening falls that it will fly all the way back to its nest it won't ask for accommodation from a neighbor's nest it will not rest until it reaches its nest because it knows that that nest no matter how ragged it looks it has got pride and joy to dwell in it because it labored to, 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 I mean, to build it. So that is what God desires. God wants to dwell in a house that he builds himself. So in all this this was just a shadow showing that God is not interested in immense efforts. Amen. Amen. Remember where we first read in this in Shalom. The prophet told us that God's tabernacle, God dwells in man. So that is God's tabernacle. Amen. God made man in his own image so that he would dwell in him. There is a lot that goes with building a house. There is a lot that goes with building a house. You have to do it according to the plan that you like. And when Moses, like he was building that temple, he had to do it according to God's so that at least the presence of God would dwell there at least his Shekinah glory would dwell there amen it means God was no longer interested in the temple's daily sacrifices and offerings because what used to happen is people got used to going to to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices they so much loved going there they had good times there but it did not take that desire to sin from them. They would go every maybe Sabbath to Jerusalem Amen. to sacrifice. But we hear the, the prophet telling us that as they went to there it, uh, the desire of sin didn't actually leave them. They would go this time with a lamp to sacrifice for the adultery that they committed. And as that lamp was being killed, the high priest would mediate between them and God for the sin that they had committed. But next time, that blood of the lamp didn't remove the desire or the appetite to commit adultery. They would go back home. After two days, three days, they tried to control themselves. But when desire overtook them, they would look into their crow. 
and check if they still have got some more sheep. And they will say, even if I commit another adultery today, I still have got another sheep. Next Sabbath, I will take it to the high priest. And he will accept it and sacrifice it for me. So it ended up being a habit. They wouldn't overcome the sins. They would take the sheep and the goats and the or whatever every Sabbath day to go and sacrifice for the same sins. And God was tired. He said their sacrifices and burnt offerings became stinking in his nostrils. He no longer had pleasure in those burnt offerings. It surely wouldn't help. So he wanted something that would stay forever. Something that would, where he would be controlling. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's why he didn't have pleasure in the temple. That Solomon built. He even allowed Titus after besieging Jerusalem to destroy that temple. Because he wasn't dwelling in there. God does not defend something that he doesn't stay in. Hallelujah. Amen. If there is a, a war, maybe here in South Africa, South Africa, South Africa maybe is fighting against, let's say, United States of America. We expect the South Africans to defend their country. The army of South Africa will go to the battlefield to defend their beloved nation. You won't see the Squanas from Botswana coming in to fight for the South I mean, in place of the South Africans. It has to take the South Africans. So even during those times when Titus besieged Jerusalem, God did not come to defend the temple. Because he was not staying in the temple. But today, my brother, my sister, if a thief would come to your house, he wants to take over your title deeds, your property, whatever you have, surely you would fight fight tooth and claw to fight for your beloved house. You would use whatever weapon, knives, maybe you've got a shotgun, you would use whatever you have to defend your house. Because you don't want someone to take it over. It's your house. You labored for it, you will fight for it. Amen. Amen. So, if men can do that, God must also do that. So why didn't God fight for the temple? Even when the Israel, the Arabs built that, that, that mosque of Omar, God let them build it on that place because he knew that he doesn't stay on that place. He knew that it wouldn't make a difference. It had saved 
his purpose in showing us that it was a shadow and today we need to find God a dwelling place but we have learned that God has got hands also he needs to fashion a house after his own will after his own desire he wants to have pleasure when he sits in that house when you go to to a furniture shop to choose some sofas. You don't ask your neighbor to come and choose for you the best sofas. It's you who is going to be to, to come and sit on that sofa. So you know how you want to feel when you are relaxing on that sofa. And God does the same also. He knows what type of a heart. What type of a man. What type of a woman. He wants to dwell in. So he does the choosing. He chooses who to dwell in. How he is going to feel relaxed as he is dwelling in that heart of soul. Amen. One day God he tried because he saw that it's, he, I mean, he can't dwell in a house made by human hands. So Hebrews told us that a body is thou prepared me. Let me just follow my notes a little bit. It was an issue to them to sin as long as they still had some more sheep for sacrifice. So it was not an issue to them to sin as long as they still had some more sheep for sacrifice. They kept on sinning willfully and God rejected them. And today if you keep on sinning willfully God will reject you also. And their temples which were made by men God also rejected them. So there had to be a remedy. That is when Christ came on earth to redeem mankind from their sins. He didn't come through a church. He didn't come through a tabernacle. There were more many churches. The church of the Sadducees, the church of the Pharisees. Amen. They were there. But God didn't come through them so that he would redeem men. He wanted to come himself so that he would redeem you and me from our sinful condition. And he prepared for himself a body. A body that has prepared me. So Christ was an anointed body where God dwelt in so that he would perform his Will. He had to prepare a body with his own hands and anoint it as Christ. That was God's tabernacle. Revelation 21 verse 3 tells us that Revelation 21 verse 3 Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they shall be his people. So, there was a desire in God even from Genesis from the beginning when he says let 
has created men in our image. God foresaw something. He was seeing further. He knew he would want to be worshipped. He knew for him to be worshipped. They had to be a tabernacle. So that tabernacle had to be created. Had to be made. By the one who was going to tabernacle himself in it. Hallelujah. So he made sure that in his foundation work he had to make a provision where he was going to create man in his own image. Why didn't he create an elephant in his own image? He didn't want to abide in an elephant. So those people who worship elephants they are lost because God doesn't dwell in an elephant. Hallelujah. You know the Jews, you know the, 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 the those Buddhas, yes, I am a Buddha. They are people who, who worship ants, amen. Ants, 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 ants. But God doesn't dwell in there. He made sure that it was quoted and written down. Let us make men in our own image. Why would he want to make men in his own image? So that when he abides in men, it would be pleasant for him. He would feel comfortable abiding in an image which was made after his him. Hallelujah. Amen. And we see him going on. He, he tested the first man. He met Adam. The spiritual Adam. Adam. God dwelt in him. And he met flesh. Oh, because Amen. God wanted to have control and domain. He wanted to have dominion. Amen. So he took that spiritual man. Uh, formed some body and he dwelt in that body. Hallelujah. And now he was happy to see himself in Adam. And you remember in the Garden of Eden, Adam would uh, name animals. When he said to a very huge, big animal with a trumpet, you shall be called elephant. God said, Amen. He was doing it according to God's will. Because God wasn't far. He was entangled in that body. So he allowed it to be called elephant. And in a certain big, also, but strong, vicious animal with hair. God said amen. And he saw a river flowing in one direction. And he said, No, you shall not flow in this direction. But instead, flow in this direction. God gave all the powers to that Adam. And he amen it. And God didn't change anything. Hallelujah. So he trusted Adam for a time. For a period, Adam would worship God. Hallelujah. God, when he wanted to, when he wanted fellowship, he would just come down in Adam's soul. In the, in the Garden of Eden. And there they would fellowship. Hallelujah. But to prove that. Adam, there was still a portion of men in him. The devil, the serpent, took advantage of it. And you know, one day Adam sinned. Hallelujah. Now we see that God's dwelling place 
temple is man. You are the temple of God. He made man in his image so that they would be his tabernacle. So that whenever you see man, you will see God. It must not be whenever you see a, tab- a-, a church building. Then you see God. God forbid. Amen. But God wants you to see him when you see a man. God wanted to preach his Shekinah glory in man. So he first tried Adam in the Garden of Eden. But later on we know that Adam fell. Amen. Amen. But this did not stop God's plan. Adam, Adam fell. Hallelujah. The, 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 the serpent caused him, him to fall. And God tried yet another man. Because he was so much interested in man. In the days of Noah, God came and dwelt in Noah. He wanted to redeem mankind. So he told Noah to preach the gospel. To build an ark. And whoever wanted to, to save his life was supposed to help Noah build an ark. To, to, to find the refuge in that ark. Hallelujah. We hear that Noah preached. He built an ark. People came and helped him build an ark. God was in Noah. Amen. But one day after the floods, we know that Noah got drunk. And he was naked before his children. And God could not stay, could not abide in staying, I mean, could not stay on in Noah. Noah had gotten drunk. So God is still here to find another other man. God doesn't stop when men stop. Because remember, man is God's creation. So God will always keep on cleaning man that he may find a perfect dwelling place. And one day, God came to our great great grandfather Abraham and he dwelt in Abraham. We know that Abraham was in in air of the Chaldees. In that air of the Chaldees. He felt someone was calling him. He was staying with his father and with his people. But something happened to this Adam. He no longer was interested in the city of his father. Somebody was calling him. Hallelujah. And he told his, his fathers that he was going to find a city somewhere whose maker was God himself. He left his people. He left all that he held dear to himself. He began to be a pilgrim and a stranger. What was happening to Adam? What was happening to Abraham? Someone was calling. God wanted to dwell in him. You know the story of Abraham. God had promised him a son through his wife Sarah. So Abraham had to keep that promise. Abraham had to honor God. Abraham had to wait on God's promise. But one day Abraham as the days tarried 
Hallelujah. As the days went by, he went out of patience. And one day he lied in Egypt. When he was asked, Is this your wife? And he said, This is my sister. We know that was true. Sarah was his sister. But in other ways, also Sarah was his wife. So Abraham compromised. And he lied. And God couldn't stay in a lie. Hallelujah. And one day also, Abraham, he lasted after Haggai. He took Haggai and began Ishmael, which wasn't God's promise. So God saw that he couldn't dwell in Abraham forever. He went into his son Isaac. And you know Isaac, one day he also lied. And God couldn't stay in him. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He tried Jacob. He was trying men. Even so today, God is trying you. He wants to dwell in a tabernacle that he has made for himself. Hallelujah. So he came in David. I mean in Jacob. But Jacob was a trickster. You know, you remember he saw his father's, I mean his uh, he's, 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 he stole the birthright to Nakum, begin with. Nakumbula weba uzibulo. And he stole Laban's uh, flocks. And he played his tricks. Ended up with a lot of flocks. Amen. Amen. So God couldn't trust him. No matter God has chosen you, if God chooses to stay in the dwell in you, if you compromise on his word, God will depart from you. You are God's choice. You are a, 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 his workmanship. But if you compromise on his word, God will depart from you. David also, God uh, tried him. He dwelt in David. You remember we said David was a man after God's own heart. But one day David, when he looked further than his house, he saw a certain beautiful woman bathing. That was Bathsheba. And his heart went after him. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. And God left him. He even went further to slay Uriah. Hallelujah. Amen. God departed from him. He went to stay in Solomon. Solomon was a man also who was very wealthy. He was the one who built a, a tabernacle for the house of the, for the name of the Lord. But God wanted to prove his word. He wanted to show us today that no matter we have done one good act or one good work for him, as long as soon as we sin before him, he would depart from us. And you know Solomon's weakness. He loved strange and foreign women. Amen. So they made him one day to worship their own gods. And God departed from him. And now in this day, God's choice is you. You are God's choice. He wants to dwell in you. As he is looking on the world or to the world today, in the earth that he created, God's own remaining I, I mean, I plan, amen, to be worshipped is when he's dwelling 
in a tabernacle. That is here tonight, I mean this morning in in, in, in Whitbank. Everywhere God has got people that are formed after his own image. And he likes to dwell in them. Hallelujah. Amen. He is not interested in dwelling in a church. Our men men Made or men build churches are not God's favorite dwelling place. No matter how we name them, whether we call it Church of God, Synagogue Church of All Nations, Bethel Ministries, Kingdom of God, all those names, whatever we call them, God is not attracted into a building because of its beauty or because of its name. Hallelujah. Amen. But he wants to dwell in something that he has made for himself. Like we say, a, a, a dove loves to dwell in a nest that it has built. No matter how ugly it is. Do you know that you can make a very beautiful a nest for a dove just beside just alongside uh, besides its, its nest you can fetch wool and very dear and pleasant perfumes spray in that woolen nest that you have made with some golden glitters in it and you say oh nest oh I mean dove I have made a very beautiful nest for you. So I'm going to, dis- to take off your eggs from this one that Ma- you've made for yourself and put in this woolen one which I have made for you. I've also perfumed it so you can stay there and hatch your eggs. That dove will not even come there for a second. Because it doesn't find glory in your work. It wants to dwell in its own work. Hallelujah. Amen. So the same applies to God. We might make very good, big temples. Amen. Give them names. But God will not dwell in them. But there is a temple. Amen. Where his temples where his temples gather. Hallelujah. That is where God that is where you will meet God. Not because of this building but because of his temple which are gathered together in that fourth temple then you can meet God there because of the life that are in the people that will gather in his name. So don't confuse yourself saying, but today we are in, in, in this temple. Amen. Don't be confused. That no, but we are, in, we are gathered together in this temple today. God is not here because of this temple. But he is here because of this temple. Because these temples that are in here, they are the ones who attract God. We have heard of adultery being committed in churches in church buildings which were dedicated for God 
people have committed adultery in those churches. Why did they commit adultery in those churches? It's because God doesn't dwell in a house made by human hands. He wants to dwell in a house that he has made for himself. And if he dwells in that house which he has made for himself, he knows how to teach that house to respect a house, a, a building that was dedicated for him. No adultery will be committed in a building that man has made for the house of God. Because they themselves they are in tabernacles of God. Amen. Amen. As we are here this morning, we all left our homes to come to church. We love our homes. And soon after service, we will go back to our homes. Why? Because there is a passion in you for your home. Because you built it. Or you are renting it maybe. Or maybe you are renting it. Or maybe you are renting it. You are renting, renting. But you are free in a home you built for yourself. Than in a rented one. So the same applies to God. He doesn't want to rent a house. He doesn't want to come to church on Sunday. He doesn't want to come to church on Sunday. So that you just come into th- to this building because it is a Sunday. Or because it is a Wednesday. Then he has got allocated time that he knows at 12 o'clock church finishes, ends. Then it means God must leave this temple as well. And go somewhere where he is staying. Because he has only come here because he is renting this place. No. God wants to stay in this place knowing that that place is his. He must come any day, any time and he finds him in that place. Well, that is the place that he chose for himself. Amen. Hallelujah. So he doesn't want to rent a house. But he wants to own a house because he has built it. Amen. Amen. So, we will go back to our homes because we will be happy we build those houses for ourselves. The same is with God and he is proud to dwell in a house that he built for himself. Uh, We talked about animals that they have got dens. There's one also good thing. You see we have got cattle in our rural areas or in our farms. We build crows for those cattle. But you know that we have got a very big job to make sure that those cattle abide in those crows. Maybe during the day we take the flock to some fertile uh, pastures somewhere where they must enjoy the, the green pastures. And during the night time, we must take them to a place of rescue to the crows that we have built for them. If we leave those uh, cattle there and we tell them, oh cattle, remember here you have just come for the 
for the pasture. After you've done feeding on the pasture, remember when you see the sun dawning, I mean the sun going to dusk, you must leave this pasture and come back home to your crop. I tell you, those cattle will never return. But you have to, 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 to hurt them. You have to take, uh, I mean, maybe it's a, a stick or whatever you use to drive that flock from the pasture lands back to the crop where you build for them. Because they did not build that crop. So they don't know coming back to the crop where they did not build. Unless if you play a trick, some people in the raw areas, they bring salt in the kettle crop. They put salt there. They put sheaves there. They put all the good uh, food that can attract the kettle. So that the kettle, after they've done feeding and they've drank water, if they remember that salt, then you see them start hating for the salt. They are not coming because of the, 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 I mean the crop that, that you have built for them. But they are coming because there is something which is attracting them. So they are not, they are not coming for the faints. But they are coming for the souls. And for those other things that you have put in that crop. And for those other things that you have put for the crop. Amen. Amen. So this is just a lesson. Amen. It is going to show us what type of a life why should God come and dwell within us? Amen. There is something that attracts him. There is something that must make him thirst. Amen. So that he will stay in you. Our our church buildings can be destroyed. We talked about it like Solomon's temple which was destroyed by Titus when they visited Jerusalem. Amen. God didn't send his angels to defend it. Because it was built by men's hands. But Jesus Christ, God, Christ, when he came, remember, he said, destroy this temple. And in three days, I will restore it. Why was he concerned about the restoration of that temple? It was because it was God's own building. God was dwelling in that body. Hallelujah. Amen. So he knew that after he was laid down, in three days' time, he would be restored. Because God was supposed to finish his ministry in that same body until he was taken out away from them. Amen. And you remember he told them tarry in Jerusalem. After he went out from, away from them he told them not to go out and preach. Not to do anything until they had received the power of the Holy Ghost. 
So God was preparing a temple now. They had been redeemed. The, the work of redemption had been done. That day on Calvary. But they still had to continue. So that this message of grace would reach to us Gentiles. So that would be part of God's for we were also even though we are Gentiles we were also created in his own image so he told these uh, Pentecostal fathers that they should abide in Jerusalem until they were endued with the power of the Holy Ghost and you remember when the day of Pentecost was fully come that the Holy Ghost was seen uh, 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 coming down in them and as they were full of the Holy Ghost we hear that uh, Peter stood and preached unto them and, he say, and they asked questions hallelujah Amen. and they said they, they thought they were drunk but he said no, no we are not drunk but this is what was promised in Joel Amen. now it's being made flesh being fulfilled and they said how shall we be saved and he told them that they were supposed to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him as their personal savior and from then on the first people were uh, they repented they came they, they, 3, 000, more than 3,000 people were baptized it means God dwelt in them because this spirit the Holy Spirit came and abode in, in them it took a heritage in them it had to stay in them. God was dwelling in them from that day. In the form of the Holy Spirit. But they had to maintain his presence in them. Even as we have to maintain his presence in us. It's a good thing we received the message of the hour. It persuaded us to see that the life that we were living were not according to God's purpose for us. Amen. Because we were living in sin. Remember, we were born and shaped in, in iniquity. God could not dwell in us during those times. But He sent a message to us. We received that message. The message must transform us, must change us, so that God may keep on staying in us. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember, my brother, my sister, that these churches, these buildings, I'm referring to denominations, those various names of churches that you may call them. Amen. Uh, God, even in this church today, God does not chest. You know that a thief can come in this house. The deacons are there. They will never chase that thief. Hallelujah. An adulterer can come. Or a thug, I mean a robber, the, the most a wicked man in Whitbank might come in church this morning. You'll never hear the pastor or the deacons chasing them away. Hallelujah. Why? 
Amen. There is a reason for that. Amen. I'm saying if a thief visits your house, you do your best to drive him away. Uh, but in the life, sorry, there's somewhere that I want. Okay. Or that I was saying, if, if a thief or if an, uh, an evil person comes uh, this morning to church, you won't drive them away. Because uh, we are expecting that peradventure they will meet God in this house and he will change their lives and they will become like him. Amen. Amen. Like Saul, so, so, uh, Paul, amen. You remember he was fighting the believers. He was a very evil man. But one day when he was going to Damascus, along the way, God met him and he changed his heart. Amen. So God does not say you stay stay home. Because you are a thief. You are a hallowed stay home. He doesn't do that. He lets us all come. Because he knows that he is not interested in the building. The building might be full of thieves, crooks, and Call, call them what you mean. God doesn't want to chase a thief. But he wants to dwell in that thief. So that when he dwells in that thief, he will begin chasing the habits or what makes that thief behave himself as a thief. So what is important is not this uh, the number of a gathering in here, but is the quality of the spirit in the gathering. Amen. He loves the spirit. He loves the spirit which is in you. Amen. He wants to work in that spirit until he chases all other ill behaviors from you. Amen. So I was saying, if a thief visits your house, you do your best to drive him away. God does not drive away thieves or liars, adulterers, prostitutes from a church building. But in the life of a believer, a man, that is his church. He drives evil desires away. So that is the stage that God is interested in. He wants to see the transformation. You must be able to say, though even though I am not yet what I want to be, there is I want to be a certain man. There is there is someone that I want to be like. I want to be like God Himself. But God, I am not yet what I want to be. But if I look back to those years, I can see that I am no longer the man that I used to be. And that is a sure sign that you are traveling with Him. Because He is transforming you. Because he is interested in abiding in you. He wants you to be his temple. He wants you to be his tabernacle. So he will make sure 
He drives desires away. He will make sure he finishes the job that he started in you. Hallelujah. Amen. So we must be able to bear with ourselves sometimes. Because we know a very important man, God of gods, has chosen to humble himself and come and dwell in us. Even as he did humble himself to be born in a manger, that was the most dangerous place that he could come so that he would redeem you and me. He came in a manger of hay in a crow where there were flies it was a stinking place but he didn't mind the smell of the, stink, uh, of the dung he didn't mind the flies he wanted to be born he wanted to come in a body he wanted to present himself in a very humble way and he chose a very despised way my brother my sister let not your situation or your life hinder God from coming in you. Let, not, let it not hinder God from coming in you. You might be the most vilest woman. You might be the most vilest lady or girl or a boy. But let me tell you one thing, my brother, my sister. When he said, let us create men in our image, you were also in his mind. No matter your habits today, you might be an addict. You might be a prostitute. You must be, you might be a, a bad woman. You might say I'm a bad father because of the way you are treating your family. You might say I'm a bad mother because of the way sometimes you treat your family. You might say I'm a bad citizen because of the way you are treating your neighbor. But let me tell you something. Before the world was created, God had you in his mind. And when he said, let us create men in our image. He was looking at you, my brother. You were covered in that garment of adultery. You were covered in that garment of lying. That lying spirit was not there that time. It only came so that it would block you from realizing that you are a son and daughter of God. Hallelujah. Amen. That was the devil's plan. Because you were in his mind. In the mind of God. And remember the devil is fighting with God. So he wants to prove that God is a failure. And he comes to you. Sometimes. And he makes you speak a small lie. And after saying that. Because you are God's child. It it worries you. It eats you up. It makes you think that maybe God doesn't love you. But I'm here to encourage you my brother. To tell you that. You are his temple. It's not anyone else. Driving that. Uh, that wicked behavior away from you. But it is going to be God himself driving it away from you. He will clean you. He will make sure that you are clean for service. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
God did it once <laughs> and God will do it again. <laughs> if you have tested the power of God, you really know that all things are possible. There is nothing which is impossible with God. He even asked Abraham, Can, is there anything too hard for God? There is nothing that is too hard for the Lord. He changed the soul. He became Paul. He became a loyal messenger. He preached the word of his hour. And the people believed it. He was converted. My brother, my sister, they might be maybe a habit which is, which is haunting you. Don't worry. Don't try to drive it away from you. You damage yourself. But just present yourself in his Shekinah glory. And he will work in you. He will work through you. He will not rest until he takes out all the blemishes. He takes out all the the spots and the wrinkles from your life. He wants to be pre- he wants a, pre- a church which is blameless, spotless, and without wrinkles. But as we look into our lives, we have got a lot of spots. We have got a lot of wrinkles. Brother, you are the right tabernacle. He is going to wash you. He is going to apply his hisop on you until you are his hisop. Until you are blameless. Hallelujah. Amen. He did it in the life of Jacob. Remember, Jacob was a trickster. He stole his better, the birthright from his brother. Until he didn't even know how to behave himself. But one day, when he was returning from Laban, going back to his place, Amen. There on that rock, where he was sleeping, he saw the angels of the Lord on a ladder going up and down. He saw the he the glory of the Lord and he fought with the angel of the Lord. Amen. And he said, what? Do not leave me until you have blessed me. When he realized that he wasn't fighting with a man, when he realized that it was God himself, he said, Lord, I'm a wicked man. I'm a trickster. I am a liar. I do last, Lord. I do commit every sin. But Lord, having this opportunity to meet you, Lord, I'm not willing to let you go until you change me. That is a very good approach, my brother. That is a very decent approach this evening, this this morning. If you discover there is a weakness in you, do not give up hope, but keep on holding. Wrestle with him. Say, Lord, I will not leave you until you change me. It's not about coming to church on Sunday. It's 
about the life that you live. When you are not in church, maybe you are at work, maybe you are at school, maybe you are at home. The life that you are living—that is God. What is God is interested in? That is what will attract him, my brother, my sister. So try work 24/7, day in day out. Work your salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that when you come to church, you must not come to church because you want to find God in church. You must bring your portion of God to church so that when your portion of God meets with this, with the portion of God in him, a big fire will be lit. Amen. Hallelujah. And we enjoy in his presence. That is when we will say, did not our hearts burn within us when he was talking to us? Because he will be talking not to your ears, but he will be talking direct to your heart. He will be addressing your heart. My brother, my sister, remember he is the same yesterday, today and forever. What he did with those other fathers of ours, he will do with us. He is willing, my brother, my sister, that he should find one man that will present himself to him and say, Lord, here I am. Lord, use me. I know you don't dwell in temples made by men. You won't find him in Nigeria. You won't find him wherever they say he is. But you must find him in your life, my brother. As he is looking, he wants to conquer this world. He wants to conquer this universe. And do you know, you are the only man that that is available for him to conquer. In your lineage, where you come from. Maybe you are the only believer. Maybe it's only your house which has believed the message. And you know this message is the truth. And God wants to use you, my sister, to bring all your all the people in your lineage or most of them in this faith. So don't look down upon yourself. Don't say, how will I do it? Rekab did it. Rekab the prostitute. She was only a prostitute. Why is When those uh, spies came to Jericho. Hallelujah. Amen. She didn't know she had a special job. But she was made in God's image. God and God wanted to save her people. And when she received the message of the spies, Hallelujah. Amen. They promised her that we will not destroy anyone who will be in your house. And she didn't rest, my brother. She ran to his father. She ran to his mother to her mother. She ran to her family. She brought them into the house where that red scarlet uh, uh, sling, I mean, I mean, string was tied. Because that was the covenant. That, as, as, as we see this scarlet string, 
Hey, this colored string we will not destroy whoever will be under that covenant. Amen. And the same applies. Bring your loved ones under the covenant, under the blood. Go to them. No matter what you have heard, how little it is, share it with your neighbor. You never know. Maybe it will mean something to them. Then they will come with you. They will find refuge where you found refuge. God is interested in a man. He is saying, Give me a man. You see, the devil is saying, He wants a man also. One man that he can use. But he refused to be that man or a woman. That wants to be used by the devil. Just present yourself to God. Say, Lord, use me. I want to be used of you. I want to be in your hands. Hallelujah. Amen. Samson, Samson. during his days, he had sinned. But he had done great works for the Lord. The Lord had used him to smite a thousand Philistines. At the name of Samson, at the name of Samson, all the Philistines would bow. They would run for their dear lives. But one day, my brother, my sister, Delilah came in Samson's life. And Samson fell. But he was God's tabernacle. God had shown to the Philistines that he was dwelling in Samson. And they hunted for this man day and night. They found, they wanted to find a way of bringing this God down. The same applies to you. The devil is working day and night. He is finding ways of bringing you down. Because he knows whenever you open your mouth, be it at school, be it at work, in the neighborhood, they know that what you say, my brother, my sister, has got the truth in it. They might refuse your testimony, but they know that you say the truth. They know that you are a witness of a true and living God. They know that in their denominations, God is not there. They know by the way you live with your family. You see, they look in in, in your life. Your neighbors are looking at you. The way you handle your family. They see that this family has got God in them. They crave to be like you. No matter you don't eat a decent meal. No matter you don't eat a decent meal, you might not enjoy the meals that they enjoy. But yet they know there is something that they do not have that you have as a family. And you are a witness of a man that is indwelt of God in your neighborhood. Hallelujah. So, my brother, my sister, the devil wants to bring you down. He doesn't like that testimony. So, he's going to work day and night to bring a stumbling block. Be on guard, my brother, my sister. Be alert. Be awake. Look out everywhere. Somewhere along the way, the devil is waiting for you. 
be able to identify him be able to recognize him so that he will not bring disgrace to this message hallelujah Amen. and Samson one day they caught him hallelujah you know what happened? The story of Samson and Delilah. Amen. And the other, the one of we were speaking of God. Being in Noah. And Noah fell. God being in Isaac and Isaac fell. Now God in Samson. And Samson fell. But Samson. God Samson. Hallelujah. One day. The Philistines were gathered around him. They were having a very big feast. If you fall. The angels of the devil they hold a very big feast. They will be feasting. They will be praising the devil himself because he has been able to change your course from glorifying the Lord to compromising the name of the word of the Lord. Let us not do that, my brother. Let us not. A credit the devil because of the way we live. Let us flee with our lives. Let us redeem the life, the time. Hallelujah. Amen. So we see Samson. They were in a big stadium or a big hall and they were tying him and they were praising their gods beating about the drums. Hallelujah. Amen. But one thing, Samson, Samson, he started thinking about the days when God used him. He started thinking of the times when he took those uh, steel gates, went up a hill with them. He was thinking of the day when he took took that old job, one of an ass, and smote the Philistines. And when he was thinking of those things, something started happening to Samson. There is an anointing which started coming to Samson. When you start thinking around those things, the good days, the good things that the Lord has done through you, my brother, my sister, if you start, thinking, if you start meditating upon this, the word of the Lord, what, the, what, the, what your God did through the prophet, just here in Deben, if you start thinking of those things, no matter if you are in a backslidden state, you feel some re- rejuvenation, some strength will come back to you as you read the spoken word, as you listen to those tapes, something will start coming back to you. This is what happened to Samson. He started meditating upon the word. He started thinking of this God that fought through him. Hallelujah. Amen. And strength was coming to him. He felt his hair growing. He felt strength coming back to him. This is what a believer must do. Hallelujah. The temple cannot do that. But this many this God made temple can be able to do that. When the glory of the Lord has departed from you, when your life is all but Ichabod, you are the right person. You are the right man who can persuade God back into your life. He says a a contrite and broken spirit he will not despise. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Remember godly sorrow. Wicked repentance. That is where you must start from. Hallelujah. As you realize somewhere in your life, you left him. My brother, my sister, he wants you to get back and start with him. He is a faithful God. He did not teach us to swim. That he would leave us to drown. He did not build houses in us that he will forsake us. But he wants to be with us all the way. Remember in the footsteps in the footprints all the sense of time. The prophet was telling us that this, there is this man he had a promise from God that God would always be with him. And one day in a vision or a trance he looked through the signs of time. He saw a pair of footprints on the sands. And as he realized he looked, he looked close to those uh, in, in those footprints. He realized those times that when there were two sets of footprints, it was the times when everything was okay or right with him. That is when God appeared to be besides, walking besides him. But on the most difficulty such conditions or situations when he felt God was far away from him he just saw one set of footprints and he thought God had not honored his words so he thought to ask God he said Lord God but here you did not honor your words you promised to be with me all the way but how be it I am seeing one set of footprints here God you did not there are times when maybe you lie or you just compromise somewhere you know where you have compromised and during those times you surely can witness that God is not in your life it's not only the times when you are sick when you feel forsaken it's also the times when you compromise you feel alone you feel alone and forsaken. But my brother, my sister, this man, God told him, these footprints that you are seeing are not your footprints. During your hard times, when things, you, when you could not make ends meet, when you could not help telling one lie after another, when you could not help living a life of compromise, I was forbearing with you. I was carrying you. I was, those were my long suffering moments. God long suffers with you. Hallelujah. He suffers long with you. I was carrying you, my loved son. You couldn't make ends meet. You would cry day and night. You know there are moments in our lives when we go down to bed to sleep. When we think, when we we realize of what happened during the day, tears start rolling our cheeks. Things are hard for us. We feel alone. But the prophet says we are not alone but we are alone with God. Those are the moments 
Those are the moments when God is carrying you. Because he knows one day you awake from your amnesia. You realize that you have done something wrong and you rush to make it right. And you continue on with God. And you step aside you. And you continue walking beside you. And you'll be singing the songs of Zion. Hallelujah. Amen. God must be entabled in us. God must dwell within us. Hallelujah. Amen. So this man, he realized his hair was growing. You must also realize some hair growing in you. You must also realize some strength coming back to you. That is the reason why we come to church, We come to compare our lives. The lives that we are living when we are alone is it a up to standard. Is it what God would say amen to? And you get here, you sit down. And you see where you are lacking. And when you see where you are lacking, just say, Lord, help me. Once more, God, I want to travel with you in this rest. I want to run with you in this rest. But now I am realizing somewhere, somewhere, I left you, Lord. But I still want to enjoy your presence in me. Hallelujah. Restore unto me a right spirit. Hallelujah. Restore unto me a right spirit and create a new heart in me. That must be your prayer, my brother. So that we persuade his presence in our hearts. I say if you if you build a crow for him, you have to attract those cattle somehow. So God wants an attraction in your life. Whenever you compromise, you know he moves away from you. So you must Sweeten yourself. You must find ways of reattracting him to your life. And because God made you in his own image, he is willing just to come back. Remember in the dove reading, in, in, in the message, the dove leading the Lamp. The prophet tells us sometimes how that dove flies away from us amen, when we compromise. But it doesn't go far away from us. It just goes to rest somewhere close. It's waiting. That dove is waiting for you to realize that no, there's an empty space in you. Then you cry for your, uh, because of your sins. Then you make right. Then that dove will come back and then we'll continue with you. My brother, my sister, we are a privileged people to know that God does not dwell in a house made by men's hands. There are other people out there in denominations. They are doing everything to fashion those churches because they think God dwells in those churches. That's why they come to sing for him. They serve him with their mouths but their lives and their hearts are far away from him. And it 
people honor me with their lips. Hallelujah. But their life is far from God. Him. But we are privileged through the message of the hour to know that God is interested in our lives. He wants to tabernacle himself in you. He wants to rule in you that when you go to, to work it will be God going to work. When you go to school it will be God going to school. When you are driving your car it's God behind that steering driving that car. You know why? He knows wherever you are they might arise a situation whereby God must address that situation. And they must not rush looking for God somewhere. You must show them that you are the dwelling of God. You must be able to address that situation because God is in you. Hallelujah. Amen. My brother, remember those uh, sons of the prophets. One day they took the they wanted to go and look for for poles to make to, to extend their boundaries. Then they, when, they were, when they were busy chopping the, the trees, they said uh, one ex went into the fell into the water. It was a situation that needed God. Hallelujah. And many such situations arise in, in life. In day-to-day life. Remember, you, must, you might be the only Bible that someone will ever read. So, there are people who have never heard a spoken word. But because you have read this shalom, you might be the only spoken word that someone in the community will ever read. Because the life in this shalom will be transferred to your life. And when you are living in, in Whitbank. Brother, you are that message of shalom. In a situation which needs shalom, you'll be there as the shalom. Hallelujah. Amen. So, be always feeding. It says, is this the time? Yes. Eat. 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 From says, is it this time of the time? My new ministry. Hallelujah. All those spoken words. All those messages that the man of God here, Pastor Madiva, is preaching to us. Eat from those from that food. You become that food. There will come a condition. Hallelujah. When people are wondering that what is happening in these days? Why are people behaving in such a way? Then you say, says, this is the sign of the end. Why? Because you fed on that spoken word. You fed on that message. So you are able to show people what they are willing to see. So a borrowed ex fell in the water. And the sons of the prophets had promised to bring the ex back. My brother, my sister, something had to be done. 
Lord. But praise be the name of the Lord. What am I doing? When they went out to chop the wood or the, the, the trees, they asked Elisha, the man of God, to come with them. He could have refused, but they begged him. They persuaded him. Oh, man of God, come with us. Whatever you do in life, don't do it alone. Don't do it without him. Beg his presence to go with you. To stay in you. To abide in you. Because of the fear of what might happen. When you might need him. And it was easy. Because the prophet was there. All the men of God, Elijah was there. They said, alas, my father. It was borrowed. Hallelujah. This ex was borrowed. And the owner wants it back. And he just said, where did it go? Which way did it go? There are situations, my brother, my sister, that you might come across in life. They will not need the pastor. He will be busy somewhere with his family. You will be there, my brother. You will be there, my sister. And God, because he wants to interpenegate himself in you, he must prove through you that he is honored. He is honored. He to stay in Whitbank. In brother or sister so and so. Like he was honored that day to be dwelling in, the, in Elijah the prophet. He just said, Where did it go? And he took a small stick through the faith in him, pointed where it had fallen, and it defied the laws of science. You know, still will never float my brother. It's scientifically proven. When you take steel, you throw it in water, it will go down to the bottom of that water. Amen. But because God was there, he had to reverse the situation because of his temple that was always keeping him. That would always go with him. So God, through a stick, he made still to float. All those hard situations, difficult situations. That's why the prophet, when he saw that, that, that small boy who was hit by a car. You see, it was a very difficult situation. But because God was always with him. Yes. He was not afraid. He knew wherever he went, God was with him. Even when he went to hunt, even when he went out fishing, you remember that small fish with the coat. Right after everything was taken out, the, 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 I mean, the intestines from that small fish, and he threw it back in water and that fish was not alive. And but because God was with him, he spake life back to that fish. And he said as soon as he spake life back to the fish, it spun and it did what it does. What dig and dive, amen. And it was restored back to life. And off it went. And that small boy who was hit by a car 
you remember the story and the prophet knew that God was with him he was not afraid to pray for that situation he prayed because he knew God would honor his word because God was always with him you must also have situations in your life whereby you are the control tower whereby you are in charge they must know that because brother so and so is here this situation must be resolved because sister so and so is here this situation must be resolved and because you know it's not because of you it's because you are a temple you have got someone special in you he will not bring shame to you in that special moment he will honor you by honoring his word because you have done everything to keep your life clean and maintain your relationship with him he will fight your battles my brother he will make the world see that in Whitbank in Emalaten, in Clemontaine, in Casbet, wherever you are staying, there is a God in the neighborhood. My brother, my sister, I'm about to wind up, I'm just winding up, I'm about to close. But the main challenge is this afternoon, as we are sitting here in this house, we have come to church. But I believe we are God's tabernacle. Somewhere in us, there is something which is telling us that there is a space where God dwells. And my brother, my sister, you know he, he rejoices in you. He loves staying in you. He loves seeing you do wonders. He loves seeing you meeting challenges and resolving them. Just because it's him doing them. So as we go out, maybe, the devil or some situation somewhere, you see, they've put some snares for you. There are some traps. There are some traps for you. Set for you. But you see, when God is in you, what, whoever laid that trap is trying to trap God. And if the fullness of God lays in you, you walk through that trap. Because it's not you doing it, but it's God in you. That's why we come to church to be recharged, to take more of God in us. That where we failed yesterday, Today we'll be able to overcome. Because we have added, God has added more of Him in us. That is what those old day churches could not do. Those olden day churches will not know. Those believers that time, they had their trust in the sheep, in the size of flock that they had. They would commit adultery today. And tomorrow they would repeat the same adultery. Because they still have some sheep in their flock. So God was tired of that. But today, in this tabernacle, which knows that in us God wants to dwell and we must be 
spotless. So we try everything that we can to create a conducive atmosphere for God to dwell in us. We do not sin willfully. Amen. We do not sin willfully. But but adventure we fall, we know to stand again. We know how to continue in the same faith. We know how to find God so that he comes back in us. My brother, my sister, God is there. He is in our presence. Because when you came to church, he was in you. So he came with you. He is a witness with you. He knows what you don't know. He sees further than you see. So he is busy loading you with what you need for this journey. For you have never walked this journey before. But he sees the end from the beginning. And he wants to preserve his church. Which is you, yourself. He wants to preserve you. So he has given you the message of the hour. He has given you all that you need. He told the prophet to store the food so that it would benefit you. If you don't eat, my friend, you'll fall sick and you'll die. So I encourage you, keep eating, keep feeding, look for the food, eat the food in as much as you can don't miss a service try by all means to be there in church because that is where you meet with other believers and and those small fires together they bring up a big fire and when you leave you go back home you are charged you are ready to meet the devil out there you are not afraid of any situation because you must wonder how does brother so and so how does sister so and so make fellowship with him commune with them brother they will do something they will edify you hallelujah be in the presence of believers always try to flee from the devil. Because he is always seeking you. Hallelujah. Amen. As I wind up as we stand. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm saying you are God's tabernacle. You are the tabernacle of the Lord. God wants to dwell in you. And you must do your effort. You must do something. Christianity is living is a life of holiness is a life that you must live Christianity is not only carrying a Bible is not carrying a spoken word Christianity is not being called a believer hallelujah of the message of the hour but Christianity is the life that you live so I want to 
will leave you with a question. As Brother Dipali comes to wind up the, to close the service and to, to wrap up, to do whatever. Amen. I want to leave a question with you. Hallelujah. Amen. I said you are God's tabernacle. The prophet told us in Shalom where we quoted that God is in you. He wants to dwell in you. So my brother, my sister, are you doing your portion? To persuade him to continue in you. That is your homework every day. Day and night. Every second, every minute. You have to take stock of your life. Hallelujah. Do everything just to persuade him in your life. So that one day he will stand for you. As of men. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember Daniel Carey. He was a good minister. He had done everything. But somewhere along the way, he compromised. And one day in a vision, he went to heaven. He was on his way to heaven. And there was a gate there which he was supposed to pass through. And there was a book which was held in the hand of a mighty angel. And in order for you to enter, your name had to be in that book. And Daniel Carey, as he approached that gate, he said, My name is Daniel Carey. And the messenger, that angel checked his name in that book, but seemingly. He couldn't find his name. And he said, I was a mighty angel. I was a mighty preacher. There on earth, I preached. People came to God. I did everything for the Lord. And there is no way that my name mustn't be there. And the angel looked. He said, what is your name? Again, he said, Daniel Carey. He checked from the D's. He saw Daniel Kruger. Daniel Peterson. Daniel hinders, but there was no Daniel Carey. And he said, say, maybe I'm mistaken, but I'm not seeing a Daniel Carey here. And he said, go to the sea or okay. Check for the Carey. And he said, oh, I can see Carey Wilson. I can see Carey Williams. I can see, see Carey David, but there's no Carey Daniel. Hallelujah. And hallelujah, that angel said, my man, there's nothing that I can do for you. And he said, is there nothing else that can be done? He said, no. You can take your case further. Hallelujah. You can take your case, you can go and appeal further. He said, but, but before you go there, when you were down there on the world, on the earth, did you not commit sin? Because you see in this book, sinners and the sinners' names are not in. And he said, no, I never sinned. You might be seeing yourself as a Daniel Carey, standing before this angel with a book with the names in it. You might say, uh, I never sinned because you are looking at an angel. But he said, appeal your case, go further. But Daniel Carey, as he approached further, there was a throne. And from that throne came out light. And that light could search 
Deeper than the eye could see. That light could search. Deeper than the mind would think. My my brother, when he was approaching that glory, that Shekinah presence, he said his life became transparent before him. The small things that he did, he could see them. Not only hear them, he could see them. And sometimes we need to approach that Shekinah glory in our life, my brother, my sister, so that we see where we have compromised. Because you might think it's not seen. But in his presence, Daniel Kerry had a voice. That voice was loud and clear. And that, you see, sin, they say conviction needs no accuser. A convicted heart doesn't need an accuser. What you need, my brother, my sister, you don't need the message to accuse you, but you need God to give you a conviction so that you see where you lack. And from from there, you persuade him so that his fullness will dwell in you. As my brother comes, so that you see that his fullness fullness dwells in you. And Daniel Kerry, the voice said, when you were down there, Daniel, did you not steal? Did you not lie? Did you not do this, that, and the other? Those small things, those small moments when he lied, those few coins which he stole came back to him. And they were big things. And he realized he was a sinner. And he took sovereign grace. And God said, Christ said, Father, forgive him. When he was there on earth, he stood for me. And now, I am going to stand for him. Would you like him to stand for you? That day, God bless you. Let the brother come. Hallelujah. Let's give God a round of applause. Hallelujah. As the brother give us the hymn. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Amen. We are very thankful for the spiritual food that we have this morning. Hallelujah. Brother Alain Lassimu, we are very thankful, my brother. May God continue to bless you. Hallelujah. Give you more revelation. Hallelujah. So that you can continue. Hallelujah. To feed his sons and daughters. Hallelujah. How many were blessed? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. As the brother says, amen. If you labor for your house, hallelujah, you labor so that now you can build your house, hallelujah. That is on the natural, hallelujah. On the spiritual, hallelujah, we are laboring for that inner man, hallelujah, so that he can be right with God, hallelujah, and then God can meet us there, hallelujah. Amen. And if you are not doing the right thing, hallelujah, God is bound to leave you, hallelujah. As he said in his uh, uh, revelation, hallelujah, uh, chapter 3, hallelujah, he says, I will spew out of the mouth because you are neither cold nor hot, hallelujah. So now this is what he's saying, hallelujah. He says, remember, or um, uh, in um, chapter 2, uh, revelation, hallelujah, remember, therefore, whence from thou art fallen and repent, and do the first work. That's all God what he needs, hallelujah. Just for that to repent, hallelujah. My brother, we are thankful for the message because who we are, we are the tabernacle of God, hallelujah. And this is where God wants to say, I'm not referring to this outer body, hallelujah. I'm referring to that inner man, hallelujah.
Siabongan Ibuyele emantlen ami. Konke nkosiamu kubego obala. Kukutina nkosiamu kutisugu mesenze. Siabonga nkulunkulu etu. Subongu mtuana wako. Osmiselena na mtlanje inigetu mfuetu. Kulunkulu kulumengaye. Njengo mfuetu asashilu kutienezela nkulunkulu giena. Lezo zambulu nkulunkulu na mandla. Akubego nukontla nkosiamu bantuana bako. Ikuwegele pambili sapila kulumtlapa. Kulungulona manda skono mwa imbing satan. Sibungile nkulungulue tushilo sakala nkulungulue sata yiko. Neyo tintlizi yopu maglinda onko siyami. Inga tolanga ekfunayo. Gembela baba sibungutu kwenze gile loko. Sizwele sizbonele nkulungulue tuna manda. Sikbonga kakulungutu nkulungulue sizwa yofuto slali layo. Kulungulona manda onke sazo pu maglinda o. Ube ganyenatu nko siyamu senze kutisizintle ngala mazwi. Kulungulona manta, guze nko siyami mpilo yetu ibe ila maswi. Siyabonga baba, sinigela guwe, wonge sazo puma, ube nati nshono masema kaya, emi sebenzi nungu wa chuka chuka na wetu. Eka menle nko siyetu chesu krestu. Amen. Hallelujah. We have come to the end. Hallelujah. Amen. Our pastor is here on Wednesday. Hallelujah. To those that were able to come on Wednesday. Hallelujah. Those that we meet on Sunday, amen, let's meet them on Sunday. We are going to do two songs, hallelujah. The first one is to be from the worshiping team. The second one is to be Heban Muel, hallelujah. He has blessed us this morning. I think we can take it. We will be dismissed by it. The first one from the worshiping team. The second one, Heban Muel, and then we are dismissed. Hallelujah. Thank you all, amen. Si me mezela,